Well, we are uh, in a series, we've been in a series here the last few weeks called Good Goals, Bad Gods, and we're going to conclude that series uh, this weekend. The premise of the series has been this, that goals are great, right? We said a lot of them at the New Year's, that's why we're having the conversation when we did. Goals are great, they steer us, they motivate us sometimes, they prioritize us. Good goals, but they're terrible gods. If we live for those things, if we believe that we will be fulfilled, that our souls will be satisfied, if we believe that all those goals will meet all of our needs and answer all of our questions and make my life what I want it to be, they can't do that. It's literally impossible. Only Christ can do that. And he's real clear about that. He says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I alone am worthy of worship and authority and defining and directing your life. If you have something else try to do that for you, it will fail. It can't do it. Only I can and I want to. Good goal, bad God, be careful to keep everything in its right place. So we've been talking about that for the last uh, few weeks. And, and what we did was we kind of broke it into different topics, right? Conversation subjects, because uh, we kind of knew like generally what we zero in on. And so all those are on the app. They're out on the website. If you want to catch up on those specific things. Uh, this weekend, as we want to wrap up, I want to talk about this idea of de-stressing. What I want in my life is less stress, more margin, greater happiness. We'll kind of say it in a bunch of different ways. But that's what I want. I, I want my life to kind of go the way that I want my life to go. And if it would, if I could make it happen, then that's how I would be happy and that's how I would be fulfilled, right? So it's a good goal. If we looked and said, I need a little bit more rest, some more downtime, a day off, a vacation, good goal, but a bad God. And that goal becomes a God when we click over, instead of just find a little space and breather, we click over and say, that's what I want to live for. And I'm going to give my life to this idea that if I could make my life go the way that I want my life to go, then I would have the life that I want to have. So what I want to do is I want to take that whole idea, I want to pull it all the way back to its very, very core. If we looked at the very, very core, the origin, the original place, the origin of where stress comes from, what we're going to find is it's right there. That I want something, I desire something, I need something, and if I could get it, I would be happy, but there's an obstacle in my way, there's a frustration in my way, and that is what's driving me nuts. The question is, is what I want what God wants, right? And at its very origin, its very core, that's where our stress comes in. So there is this myth, it's this mystical idea in our culture that if I could have the life of my dreams, that is what will cause all of my stress to go away. And we say it different ways, but we'll, we'll kind of do this. Like if I, had, if I had all the money in the world, my stress would go away. I wouldn't stress about money anymore. If I could just live the way I wanted to live, right? If I could just move to the beach and get out of the weather and just win the lottery and just relax there, then I would be happy. All my stress would go away. If I could get this person out of my life and this person into my life, if I just had all the perfect relationships, then my stress will go away. And it's this idea core. If you trace it back, it goes to this, this idea that if my life played out exactly the way that I want my life to play out, 
with no obstacles and no frustrations, then I would be happy. And, and I'll start to live for that. If I can just get there, if I can just make that happen, then that's the key to happiness, security, success, fulfillment for me. Now that idea, when you trace it back, is all over our culture. In fact, there's people that will tell you, some of them secular, some of them spiritual, will tell you act, that they'll say, actually, I found the secret to that. Uh, what, it, it, on the secular side, it's guys like Tony Robbins, those kind of guys, and what they'll say is this, they'll say, if you can envision that, just envision what you want, believe in yourself, visualize it, plan for it. If you can believe it, you can do it. It's mind over matter. So just put your will into it, put your focus on it, dream that life for yourself, get everything negative out of your life. And if you can do that and do it correctly, then you can have the life you want and all your stress will be gone. So we'll do that, we'll try. It doesn't work for us, so we feel like a failure, we're more stressed out, right? But, but because we were told somebody, somebody's done that and we just haven't figured it out for ourselves, what we need to do is pay and go to another seminar and learn some more secrets on it, right? You'll see that on the spiritual side too. You'll see TV guys and they'll, they'll actually say to you, that's what God wants. What God wants, God wants you to have your life your way. And that's, what, that's God's desire for you. And I have found the secret for you to harness the power of God to live, to get your life your way. If you have enough faith, God will give you everything that you want if you send in $1,000, God will give you everything that you want. If you get this prayer hanky and maybe my toupee, like God, God will give you everything that you want because what God wants is God wants what you want and God wants you to be happy. In fact, if you come up against a frustration or an obstacle or pain or a difficulty, that's not from God. If God in any way interferes with your life or what you want, that's not from God. That's got to be of the devil because what God wants is for you to have your life your way. And if your life isn't going your way, then something unspiritual is happening in your life. Now, that's a false teaching. The old-fashioned word for that is a heresy, right? Because God might look and say, eh, maybe I don't want you to have your life your way. Maybe you want something different than what I want. And maybe the path that you're going down that you think is going to lead you to happiness, it might actually lead you to destruction. Maybe there's a different plan and that's the one that you have to discover. So when you trace stress back and frustration back to its very, very core, right? I know it shows up in a bunch of different ways, everything from like a bad hair day to like a legit illness. But if you took it back to its very, very core, that's where it would be. And what I wanna do here for a few minutes is just, is just investigate this, this idea of what is God's heart? What is God's heart? What is God's mind about kind of my life? What would he want for me? And how might that not totally line up all the time with what I want, might want for myself, all right? So when you look at the Bible, you're going to run across passages like this. This is a big one, Proverbs chapter 3. God says this, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways that submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So in light of kind of the, the idea we just talked about, we need to pick a, a passage like this apart because it, logically, it kind of shows us something about ourselves, okay? So when God comes in and he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, 
and lean not on your own understanding, right there I can look at the scripture and I can say, huh, God must be telling me something. If he's saying to me, trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my own, understa- not on my own understanding, then the logical scriptural conclusion with that, of that would be this. That must mean that I'm tempted to trust in something else with all of my heart and to trust my own understanding over even God's understanding. And if you think about that, that's true. The person that I trust the most in my life is me. The person that I trust the most in my life is me. The person whose understanding makes the most sense to me is mine, right? So I will trust my gut, my feelings, my emotions, my perspective more than anybody else's. And the thing that I think I want in life or the thing that I think I need to happen in life, my own understanding is I'm pretty convinced. I'm pretty convinced that if everybody lived life the way that I wanted them to, my world would go better, right? I tell Heidi all the time, what should happen is just give me a week to rule the world, I'll fix everything, right? Because I would trust that. If I can just make life work the way that I want it to work, then I'll be happy. If I'm happy, surely it'll make you happy, and God would come in and say, no, wait a minute, that, that's the temptation because you think that's the key to happiness. So let's start with don't trust yourself. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Love what God loves. Be passionate about what God's passionate of and lean not on your own understanding. The way that you think you're going to succeed and feel safe and have security and have fulfillment and find your purpose probably isn't the same way that I'm going to know that it's going to happen. Probably what you think is the best, it may not line up with what I think is the best. And then the writer goes on, in all your ways, submit to him, because if I trust myself the most, I'm going to submit to myself the most. I'm going to, I'm, my thoughts and my passions are going to define and justify my own actions. If I trust God and I'm pursuing his heart and mind, his understanding, then I have to yield my actions to him because I'm probably not going to choose the things that God chooses, right? I'm probably going to find the easiest path. God's going to find the most beneficial path, and they're not always the same. I trust in him. I lean not on my understanding, but on his. I submit to him, and then the outcome is he will make my path straight. I want what I want in life. What I want is I want my life my way. God would look and say, I know that's what you want, but I actually have the right path for you. It's probably a different path than what you would have. Trust me, lean into me, let my logic be your logic, my passion be your passions. Submit to me. When when it doesn't make sense to you, just do what I ask you to do. And I will take you to the place that you actually want to be. Because you think you want this, it's probably not going to play well. What you want is love and security. You think that you're going to achieve that by having sex with whoever you want to have sex with. And actually what that's going to do is make you feel less loved and more insecure. I have a different path. But you have to trust me on it because it doesn't just make sense like that. What you think you want is financial independence. So you're going to pursue money. You're going to get all the money in the world. You're going to be the rich guy that gets to do whatever he wants. And if you've ever talked to a rich guy, they're more financially burdened than the poor guy is because other people are depending on them. 
I might want something different for you. I want to give you the security that you want, but actually I'm your provider. You're not your own provider. See how that works? Trust in me, lean into me, and I'll take you down a different path. Now, if I go down this path with God, what's down there? Where, where, where am I going to land? And this is what the, Paul says in Ephesians. He says, this is what's down there. For we're God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God would look at you and say, hey, I made you. You are custom made. You're a one-off. You're a custom made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. It is I, God, it is God who decided that you were going to be who you are. It's God who decided that you were going to be born when you were born. There's a reason you weren't born in the Middle Ages and why you were born now. There's a reason that you have the talents that you have. There's a reason that you have the body that you have. There's a reason that you have the mind that you have. God gave you your parents. There's a reason why you have the family that you have. I handcrafted you. You are God's handiwork. And I did that because I have a purpose and a plan for you. I prepared you in advance to do good works that you alone can do. It's the reason that you were on the planet. If you trust me, lean into my understanding, not your own, because you, you, you can't get a hold of this cosmic view. Only I can do that. See, I alone am God. If you, if you submit to me, yield to me, when it doesn't make sense, yield to me anyways, I will make your path straight. I will take you right to the good works and right to the purpose for which you were created. You want to know why you exist? I can take you there. You want to make your life count? I can take you there. You want to have deep fulfillment and deep security and deep joy? I can deliver it to you. You think it's going to go this way. You, you think it's, it, it's, if I give you your life your way, it won't. It's always going to, it actually can't. Those goals can't serve as God's, but I can. And I have created you. I've wired you. You desire the things you desire because I created you to desire those. And I can deliver them, but we're going to go a path, a way that you would not necessarily go on your own. Trust me, follow me, and I will make your path straight, right? So if you take stress and you boil the big concept of stress down all the way to its very core and its origin, what stresses us out is I want to do something and I can't. I want an outcome and I can't produce it. I, I, I want life to go a certain way and I can't make it go that way. And for many of us, we even want that for all the right reasons. I want happiness, I want joy, I want fulfillment, I want to love my family well, be the dad, the mom, the friend, the, the brother, the sister, the kid I'm supposed to be. I even want to serve God, but I want to do it this way, my own understanding. And God would look and say, right, that obstacle that you want me to remove, I'm not going to remove for you. Because what you want, I want to give you, but you have to achieve that in a way that you didn't think you would ever achieve it. And the stress comes because I want to go this way, but God's path for me is this way, and I don't want to yield to God's path. I would rather trust myself to do it, right? Now, that stress, when we get into that tension, and this is the very core, when we get into that tension, that's when stress blows up. That, that's when a stress bomb goes off. And, and sometimes that core is real life stuff. I want health, 
God won't give it to me. He's entrusted me with a trial. I want a perfect marriage where he thinks I'm great and she has sex with me all the time. What I got from God was the opportunity to redeem a different, uh, another human being. I got a different path, one I didn't expect or want. I, I want everything to work out this way. What God is giving me is, is something different. And the stress is, I don't really want to yield to God. I want God to yield to me. And that shows up in big ways. That shows up. I, what I want is I want to get through to town real quick to get to Target when I want to get there. What I got was some idiot who can't drive to cut me off, right? What, what I want is to relieve the financial burden from my family. What I got was some guy that just always goes out drinking with the boss who got my promotion, right? Same thing. What, what I, it can show up there. It can show up in a seventh grade girls basketball game blow up. That's what happened to me this week. Here's confessions from your senior pastor, all right? I've had a brutal week. I'm just being honest with you. I've had a brutal week. It's actually not people stuff. It's just fatigue, lots of fatigue. Times I said I didn't get to rest. And so I've been going on three or four hours sleep a night all week long, just deep fried, right? I'm way too old to do that. My next step is the emergency room, right? I just can't do that anymore. And so it's been going that way all week long. On Thursday, I had another brutal day. And then my daughter had a seventh grade girls basketball game that I went to. And so I went to the basketball game, watched my princess play basketball. Heidi was there. The kids were there. I walked in. Heidi said, how was your day? And I was like, how was your day? And I was just like grumpy, being a jerk. And so I was like, I, so she looked at me like the death stare. And, and I said, I said, listen, I said, I'm really grumpy. I'm sorry. I said, what I should do, I said this out loud, what I should do is sit here and be quiet. Like, because when, I, when I'm grumpy, I'm mouthy. And when I'm mouthy, I'm mean. And so I'm like, I should just sit here and be quiet. And she's like, I think that's a really good plan, sweetheart. And so <clears throat> I'm sitting there, I'm trying to be quiet. The girls are playing their basketball game and our kids, uh, our kids go up to CVCA and they have two gyms and we're in this little gym. It's where the junior high kids play their games. And it, it's smaller than this room. It's compact in there. Everybody can hear everything. You're like two feet, two inches from the court, right? And they're playing. And our girls are getting killed. Like it's one of these teams, like they recruited from the WNBA. The girls are on steroids. And so like they're just in there like killing our, our team. We're losing by 30. And so we're all kind of watching this game, cheering for our kids, being a little bit frustrated. And then it happened, right? And what happened was my princess, my baby, came down the court, she, she cut to the right, she went to the corner, they passed her the ball, she grabbed the ball, she spun, she faded away, she shot the ball, and she drained it. And the ref called her for traveling. And what I did was this, I said, and I quote, oh, come on! <laughs> like that? And I go, they're down by 30, and you called that, right? <laughs> Now, after that happened, I thought, I think I just said all that out loud. <laughs> like, I thought it was in my head, but it wasn't in my head at all. And the ref is like four feet away from me. And he looked at me, and I was like, oh, you can see me, but you can't see your feet. I, you know? So, so I had a little stress bump. So I thought to myself, this is my thought process. I thought to myself, well, at least nobody heard me. And then I look around and Heidi's like, I hate you. And, and like, 
everybody in the gym heard me. And I thought, well, at least I don't know anybody here. And I looked to my right, and Pastor Ryan and his whole family <laughs> had come in to watch my daughter play basketball for a minute, some other kids from the church. And I thought, well, at least Ryan works for me. He has to do what I say. And then I looked over, and there's the Dolans, and there's the Khalils, and there's the Halls, all these families from church. This little girl in front of me turned around, and she goes, hey, Pastor Jeff. And I said, oh, all right, yeah, I'm just done. I'm just done. I was an idiot, right? Right? So it's, it's, every, it's everything from like big life stuff is frustrating to a stress bomb. And it's all the same thing. I wanted something. What would have made my life happy was blocked. It was frustrated. It was an obstacle. I don't want godliness. I want a miracle. I want the ref to be able to see, right? So, but I, I didn't want godliness. I wanted what I wanted, stress bomb. And so something dumb like that, all the way to the big parts of our life, it's all rooted, and there's the path I want, there's the path God has for me, and me lining up on that, that's a source of stress, okay? So what I want to do is this. I want to give you guys something practical to, to kind of get your hands on with this, okay? Now that we've kind of like understood this, now as we lean into God's heart and mind, you can start to kind of find solutions for it. And you can build up like an antibody, right? You can build like, a, like a, an, 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 an antidote that you can kind of have in you and ready. So when the, spread, the stress bombs come, I can get like a different outcome for it, okay? So let me show you this real practical. This is your tattoo for the weekend. It, you'll get this, okay? What we need to do is fill, turn, and trust. Fill, turn, and trust. If I can fill, turn, and trust then when that the, those paths diverge and I need to yield to God, there's something in me, there's fuel, there's batteries in me that gives me the ability to yield to God and to be where he would want me to be if I fill, turn, and trust. Okay, so what do I need to do? First, I need to fill. Fill what? Fill my mind with godly thoughts. The Apostle Paul in Philippians, finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Brothers and sisters, if it's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think. Fill your mind with these things. What I fill my mind with is what I fill my heart with. Here's the question. When I'm stressed and when I'm tired and when I'm burned out and when I'm shot, what do I do? Now, I don't know about y'all, but what I do is this. Heidi looked at me after I blew up at the ref and she goes, <laughs> she goes, so what are your plans for tonight? Like that. And I said, the couch and the television. She said, I think that's a great plan right? It, you should not be around human beings for the rest of the night. You're grounded, right? So I looked at her and I said, yeah, I'm tired. I know it. I'm worn out. I know it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go rest and I'm going to go, ready? Empty my mind. So I'm gonna, for me, I love to, to watch movies. So I, if I can watch Optimus Prime rip some Decepticon limb for limb, I'm relaxed. If I can watch The Office again, if I can watch Iron Man kill an Asgardian or whatever, like I'm in, you know, like I, I love all that kind of stuff. 
And so I'm like, the couch and television, that's the plan. I need to go rest. How do you rest? Well, I'm going, I'm going to empty my mind. It could be the movie. It could be the television. It could be music. It could be the internet, whatever, right? I'm going to go turn my brain off because I am tired. I'm going to rest. Now, listen, no false guilt at Grace Church. We don't do the false guilt game. That can be a fine goal. It's fine to take a day off, fine to watch a movie, watch the calves, whatever. Like, no big deal. It's a terrible God, right? Because the Apostle Paul, he doesn't say empty your mind. He says to fill it. To fill it. This is the stats right now. Right now, the stats would say the average North American takes in between eight and 10 hours a day of media, social and regular media. Eight to 10 hours a day. Because now we interact with media all day, every day. Eight to 10 hours a day media. Ready? The stats say this. The average American takes in zero minutes of God's word per day. Zero minutes of God's word per day. So what is my mind filled with? See, what, what is my reservoir? What is my resource? I promise you, if you don't go get God's word, you won't bump into it. You don't stumble across God's word. When, you, when you're watching a movie and, and Captain America, you know, d defeats the bad guy again and, and Hydra is now down for the count, you don't walk away from that saying, you know, when Captain America defeated Hydra, I was just like, praise the name of Jesus. My soul is filled. This never happens. You turn on a normal radio station what the music is not going to take you to what is noble, pure, and lovely. See? But that when we're tired and stressed, that is what we would fill our minds with in an effort to decompress. So suddenly, when a ref that can't see makes a bad call on my baby girl, what is going to be at the forefront of my mind what is going to be at the forefront of my heart if God's word has never come in and filled it? See. So if at the very core, if at the, at the origin of stress is me wanting something and God having a different plan, that at the origin of stress, God's word, God's heart, God's mind, and me concentrating and purposely filling myself with that is a huge thing. What I fill my heart, my mind with, I fill my heart with. And even if I say, oh, I'm not going to fill, I'm not watching porn, Jeff. I'm not filling my mind with garbage. Great. Filling our mind with nothingness also creates nothingness. No false guilt. Football's fun. All that kind of stuff. No big deal. But it, it's, it's the other step. If I don't go get God's word, I will never bump into it. I have to pursue it. I have to consume it, the Bible would say. I, I eat it like a bread, right? I take it in so that it fills what it's supposed to fill. So I need to fill. That's my first thing. So we're going to fill, we're going to turn, we're going to trust. So we're going to fill, and then I'm going to turn my stress into prayer. It's just helpful stuff, right? Turn my stress into prayer. Let's then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us 
in our time of need. The Bible says this, that when I'm, a, when I'm a follower of Christ, when I pray, I actually enter into the presence of God. That's what happens when I pray. I walk into, the Bible calls it the throne room of God. I, I walk into God's presence and I make my request known to him. What I can do with stress is this. Stress is a trigger. Stress is a trigger. Stress is a trigger. So when I'm stressed out, when I'm tired, when I'm burnt, how, whatever, however you say it, we know, we know what it means. It triggers certain things in me. It makes me aware of certain things. When I walked into the game on Thursday, I was aware of my fatigue. The stress told me I was tired. I was aware of my tendencies. When I sat down beside Heidi, I said, I should probably just sit here. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just tired. I'm trying not to be grumpy. Aware of it, see? The stress told me that I needed to rest. What's your plan? The couch and the TV. The stress told me I needed to rest. The stress told me I need a day off, right? It's a trigger for me. If I fill my mind with the things that are pure, admirable, right, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy, and God's word and the Holy Spirit are on the forefront of my mind, the stress can also tell me to pray. What I need, I need rest, and I need an evening off, and I need to rest my mind a little bit, and I need to be with God. I need to go to God. I need help. I need strength. I need to hear from God. I need to be led. I did that this weekend. This week has been a, a distracting week. It's not all day. It's pretty normal, but it's just one of those weeks, right? It's just been a distracting week. And so when I came in to teach this weekend, I literally sat in, in the room and I prayed. I said, God, you have to help me. All these distractions, you have to bring my heart and my mind here. I want to be here with these people that I love, that you love, that, that have come to hear from you, and you, I need your help. See, come home from work, I need, God help me to engage the family. Been locked in the house all day with the little kids, God help me have patience. I'm done. Gotcha. What do we do with it? See, where do we go? And stress can be turned into prayer. It can be turned into godliness, pursuing it. It can be turned into me seeking the path. Not the one, I wanted to be on this one. I guess God's got me on this one. Help me be on this and help me move the way that you would want me to move. So I'm going to fill, I'm going to turn, and then I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. Trust God for the outcome. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. This is the thing we've been talking about. Stress, most of our stress comes from the, this thought, I want something and I'm not getting it. Even if what I want is good, but I, ha I have a goal, I have an outcome and, and that outcome has obstacles I can't get past. That outcome has distractions that are driving me nuts. That outcome has, has detours I didn't want to take. And it stresses me out. If my life went the way that I wanted my life to go, I would not be stressed out. God would say, let's reverse and engineer that and go all the way back to the very, very origin of this. And say this, what do you really want? I want my kid to behave. 
What do you really want? I really want what's best for my kid. I, I really want to be a competent parent. I feel incompetent. I, I, I really want my kid to respond to Christ. What do you want? I want her to knock it off. What do you really want? I really want us to love each other like we did when we were dating. I, I really want to be patient with her the way I used to be, and I want her to celebrate me like she used to. I used to be her hero. I, I really want that deep love, that deep oneness. Right? What, do you, what do you want? I wanted to get into the college. I didn't get into it. What do you really want? I want to succeed. Like, I want to know that I matter. That's why that degree means something to me. I want security. That's why I, I think of making money. I think of being secure. So God might say, so what you really want is significance, love, joy, peace. You want security. You, you want trust. You want value, right? If we boiled it all down, that's what you really want, right? Right? Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, I, only I can give that to you. On its best day, these goals cannot deliver those outcomes. It's impossible because you're asking someone or something to do for you what only I can do for you. I actually want what you want. I love you. I want those things for you too. Well, then give me the new car. That new car is going to be a pain in your neck. It doesn't stay new anyways, and you're going to regret taking the payment on. Well, give me a new wife. New wife's going to have the same problems because you're most of the problem. <laughs> Just being blunt, right? Not, none of that is ever going to work, right? But I have a path. I know your outcomes. I know your heart desires. I have a path. It's probably not the one you would have chosen, but it is the one I created you for. And if you'll trust me, lean into me, submit to me, just do what I say even when you don't know why, I will get you there. Right? I will get you there. And, and in this life and in the next, because remember, this life's just a vapor. Whoop, here gone. I will get you there, and your soul will be fulfilled. But if you live for these goals, they're always going to let you down because they're bad gods. If you live for this God, I'll get you to the core of these goals. Right? The fill, turn, trust, right? And, and it provides a, an antidote, an antibody. It gets me ready for the, the stress is coming. There's no way to avoid it. It's impossible. Stress is coming, but I can approach it differently if I know what the source of that is. See? And God can interact with me in a different way. All right, as I was thinking about this this week, these are the questions I started to ask myself uh, one was this, where do I rest? When, I, when, I'm, when I'm deep fried, where do I rest? Where do I turn to for rest, right? 
my temptation is always to turn to aliens and robots. Like, I, I love that kind of stuff. No false guilt. It's fine to watch aliens and robots. It's fine, find the chill out for a night. No false guilt. Rest is critical. Rest is important. Jesus is the one who actually modeled rest for us. No false guilt and rest. Here's a question. With whom did Christ rest? When Jesus rested, he rested with what we would call the church, and he rested with his Father. So he didn't go to empty his mind. He went to replenish his soul, so to say. And he went to his Father. He went to Word. He went to prayer. He went to be with his Father. And that's where he would draw in strength. That's where he would start to redefine joy so that the joy set before him allowed him to endure the cross. That's where that happened. He also rested with God's people. Jesus went to parties. Jesus laughed. Jesus had dinner with friends. But he went to God's people and he allowed God's people to refresh him. He didn't turn his mind off. He turned his mind toward what was good, admirable, right, pure, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy, right? So God and God's people. By the way, this is where like live stream is great. But if you're watching it all by yourself every time, it, it cannot fulfill you all the way because you're not with God's people. And God's people are a big part of God's plan, right? So you're, you connect with other people and it refreshes the soul. It gives us courage. We spur one another on to love and good deeds. Iron sharpens iron. That's what all that's about. So a day off, a vacation, awesome. Enjoy. No guilt. If that's what I want in life, if that's what I want in life, I was talking to a friend between services and he, he was telling me about a show he watches. I watch these shows too. And this guy built this cabin on a lake in Alaska and lived there for 40 years by himself. And he said, do, do you ever want to do that? I'm like, that's the only thing I ever want to do. Like, I want to do that. And he goes, sounds like a dream, doesn't it? I said, yeah, it sounds like a dream. And I said, and it's incredibly selfish. Incredibly selfish. My life, my way, is a selfish life, right? God would say, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want. You will never be fulfilled. You'll never be happy. And you will never have an impact. And that's what you want down deep. I will help you with that. But it might mean you have to bear somebody's burden. So you got to be with people with me. Now, the second set of questions is kind of tied into that. When I am looking and I'm trying to find these balances of, of am I just frustrated because I can't do what I want or supposed to God to do, what God wants me to do, I start to ask questions like this. What do I find burdensome and what do I resent? And this is what I find. When my heart is in a place that is trusting my own understanding and trusting my own path, I tend to resent the things of God and the opportunity God gives me right? So I'm tired. I want to watch aliens kill other aliens. That's what I want to do on the movie screen. And then I get the phone call and really, really tonight, you fell down the steps tonight. <laughs> the one night I had free, right? Tonight, tonight. You, you want to talk tonight. You're my teenager. You never talk to me. And tonight you want to talk to me. Swamp People's new season is starting tonight, and we have to talk. 
right? Tonight, ten, you want to, I need to spend time with you tonight. Great, Heidi, great. Date night tonight, right? I'll start to resent the things, the opportunities that God gives me because I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to bear your burden. I want to be left alone. I don't want to pray with you. I want to be left alone. I don't want to rejoice with those who rejoice. I want to rejoice with Thor. <laughs> right? I want to be left alone. And I will resent, see? And, and, and I will push away the things that God gives me. Now, here's the irony of it all. I know this, you know this. Whenever I set down what I want to do and dive into these things, they're the richest parts of my life. That long conversation, that opportunity to share Jesus, that time out with that person. I love it. I come back and recharge, ready to go, can't wait to do it, feeling great. I always do, and I always resent the fact I have to do it until I get. So I start to look at those things. And I say, okay, what, what gets pushed aside and what do I resent? Man, it's just been crazy. It's baseball season. We haven't been to church in four months. Woo, nuts. Really? That's what we would push aside, and it is. It's crazy. You know, it's been insane, man. It's just this season. That's, that's why, you know, we haven't done, I haven't talked to my parents forever. Really? Because you're playing more golf than normal? And God would look and say, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day you would, you would kill to have another hour with your dad. You'd do anything for it. And I gave it to you today. There's going to be a time when you would do anything if your kid would open up to you. Anything. I gave it to you today. There's going to be a day that you're going to look back and say, you know, the, the best thing I ever did, the best part of our life is when we invested in that group of people in our home all the time. So God would look and say, I got a path. And that path is going to take you to what you actually want. But you have to trust me. You got to lean into my understanding. It's not always going to make sense to you because that path is not pain-free. That, that's never promised in the Bible once. It's all a lie. That path is not pain-free. But the light and momentary struggles on that path are going to produce for you an eternal reward that you're going to value more than anything else. Right? Okay. So you got to fill in all your blanks on that, right? I don't, I don't have enough illustrations to get all of us, but you know what I mean. And if, if you trace it back to its very core, that's always the tension, always is. And God would say, I, I, want, I actually want what you want. I actually know how to give it to you. Trust me for it. And I will make your paths straight, okay? All right, band's gonna come out, give us a little headroom, spend some time thinking and praying and opening up ourselves to, to what God would teach us, okay? Jesus, we love you. Thanks for loving us. Help us with this, God. It's, I think it's hard. It is for me at least, at least, because the immediate is always what feels the best. And your way is higher and richer and eternal. 
And so God, help us to trust you, to release our wills to you, and to make you our God that we trust and follow, that we allow to define and address us, not just when we need bailed out, but to preempt all of that so that we're going down the way that, that we need to go down. So in your love and in your kindness, help us, God. Help us to personalize it and internalize it and show us the truths, the strengths and the weaknesses that you would have us to address even now. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.